So the big question is this. How are gigging musicians like us, who don't make any money streaming, who are spending money from our own pockets, how do we treat our music careers as online businesses in a way that lets us get our music and the things we believe in out to the world, yet still remain profitable? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Jared Judge, and welcome to the Gigging Musician Podcast. Hey, Gigi Musicians, it's Jared Judge, and this is part two of three of our interview with the band leader James Gross, band leader of Shirts and Skins Band in Minneapolis, Minnesota. If you have not listened to part one yet, please listen to that before you listen to this episode. This episode is super fun. I love the stories that James tells in this, including my favorite story of him faking a fireman's dance to promote his gigs. So take a listen, and I hope you love part two of our interview. What are the ways that you personally get the word out about shirts and skins and how you can book them for a wedding or, you know, corporate event? Well, and yeah, I think that that was, that was a huge point when I, when I decided to expand the band, because at at one point the band was one unit, five people. Um, And I was working almost as hard as I work now just for the five. And I was like, what? So I started reading every book I could get about business and, and, and growing something. And it was lack of lead generation. And how do we get lead generation, um, being a band? Um, and then, so what is, so I started looking at our promo and I'm like, okay, well, even if we get massive lead generation, we've got these crappy iPhone videos, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was okay. Well, the one thing about our band that's, that, that, has been a thing of mine was, you know, have great stage presence and have a great look. And that was one of the first things that, that we, we molded was to be best dressed, great stage presence. Um, and then it was, okay, now I need to get the promo so that if I do start putting the word out there, it looks classy. Um, so I tell every band that don't, don't skimp on the promo video. Everything's video now. And it doesn't matter what your photos look like, like that, you know, everybody, the first thing they're going to say is where's a video. Um, so we, we spent almost $10,000 on videos wow. and, in a year. And, and I was like, well, there's budget people out there or there's pros. And if I use the pros, we show up one day, do the work and they deliver the product at a different day. I don't have to be calling them to look at them. I don't have to do revisions because they know what works, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was the first step was that. And then it was, okay, now we need to, you know, I'm one of those people that I'm always looking for, for ways to, to find things. So I was able to buy a list of all the casinos in the country. And and once I got a list of all the casinos, I stayed up multiple hours and nights and made Excel documents and tracked them and cold called them. And I found ways to call people and get, past the stages and and one of the books that i read said you know you should be able to get to whoever you want to in three phone calls and here's how you do it uh, so it was do that you know get on business trade magazines you know they have lists of all the all the hr departments of big businesses in minneapolis so it was like okay well we have multiple fortune 500 companies let's get linkedin let's find these people reach out to them they all have christmas parties they all have backyard barbecues like um weddings it was 
okay, let's go to, let's go to the trade shows. And we spent two years going to trade shows on Sundays and playing, you know, not sleeping through that Saturday night, loading in and setting up at a trade show. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, you got to look at the investment of, you know, a trade show might cost $3,000, but you get two weddings and it paid for it. You know, you get the list in and, and you just start doing that. You know, we also pay to be on the websites, you know, the bash and, and, and wedding wire and, and the knot and, and it's looking at and keeping track of everything. And then if you are going to pay it for all those things, you got to respond quickly. You know, and one of the things that, that I have notifications on my phone. So when somebody requests something, usually within an hour, I respond mm-hmm. and they're just like, Oh my gosh, you respond. I can't believe this. Like, and a lot of times it's like 10 minutes after they do it. And I can't tell you like a quick response like that is right away. They're like, this person's a pro. Like they, everybody else took a day or two, um, you know, and, and I think that, so it's about lead generation, getting out there. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've just started a huge push on social media. Um, and that's been, you know, what is, we had to figure out what was social media. And for a long time for us, it was, it felt to me like we were using social media to brag to other bands. Mm-hmm. And it was like, why, why, why do we, that's not what social media is anymore. Social media is, is to document your life for yourself so that when it pops up in Facebook of look what you did 10 years ago, you can be like, Oh, that's really cool. And it's for marketing. And, and that's what it's for. And I mean, if you look at anything, even Instagram now, it's every other thing is an ad. <laughs> like, you know, it's, uh, so we've done a huge push in the last, in the last four weeks. And we did, the analytics of, okay, what is social media? Let's look at the time spread of when things are actually viewed on each platform. Let's schedule stuff. And I, I think we've got, you know, scheduled out almost a month right now. And then the only things we update are, okay, let's take pictures of fans. Let's connect with people because mm-hmm. people want to see that. And to see the organic growth in that is, has just been amazing. Of you know, at a show just saying, Hey, you know, on this break, we're going to take some pictures to post on our Instagram next week. And they just flood up and, and want to take pictures. So, um, I think it's all about lead generation and, and thinking outside the box of, of, do I want to just sit here and and let it happen or be proactive? You know, I still go around to a place and I'll go like, we're, we're trying to kick off our acoustic thing right now because we've got all this time during the week. And now since the pandemic, every place thinks they can have live music on a patio, which is wonderful. Yeah. But I go to the places and, and have lunch. And they're like, well, what do you mean you're in a band? And I'm like, I came in here to meet who's in charge. And that doesn't happen anymore. Like, like it's all like, I'm going to call an email and wait for somebody to respond back. Like, don't wait, go get what you want, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and, and what I tell everybody when I show up is, Hey man, if you would have replied to my email, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but if you're not, I, I'm okay with a no. Like, if you don't want my band, like, just tell me, but don't avoid me. Like, you know, cause that's, that's just disrespectful. Um, and so much of it is like, I mean, and I'm sure you see it in your business. We put flags on our emails. We know if they've read them. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's like, if I've sent you four emails and you've read them, all you got to do is say, dude, stop talking to me. Like, stop. I'm not going to book your band. I don't like you. <laughs> you know, and, right. and I'm going to be like, okay, well, I'm not going to waste my time because I've got a list of another 400 people that I want to contact. Um, sure. You know, so, yeah. kind of, you know. That's awesome. Um, can I ask a follow-up question about yeah. that? So it sounds like when you're approaching these venues about bringing in your band, you always go for either, like you go until you get either a yes or a no. Yep. 
are you the same with the leads that you generate on like wedding wire? Do you go uh, keep following up with them until you get either a yes or a no? Not as much with the weddings um, because weddings are one-time buyers and, and with weddings, you have to understand that you have to have the patience for the, for the couples because they don't know what they're doing. Like this is hopefully a one-time thing. They're never going to do it again. Um, we do follow follow-ups, you know, like if, if it comes in, we send our blank, I send my blanket email to them with our packages that we offer and just an introductory. And I will do, um, I will do a couple follow-ups. So I'll do like a two week after that to see if they've got any questions and then I'll maybe do it two or a month after that. Um, if they do respond, you know, I always ask them, you know, if they're willing to share, if they're not going to book us, if they're willing to share who they are, um, just to see like what. What am I doing that, what am I doing that didn't get this gig? You know, and a lot of times it just might be like, they just didn't like something that they saw, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm totally, like, like I said, I, I, I don't, I'm fine with rejection. I just want to know, like, if it's something I did, you know, if I said something that, that rubbed them the wrong way, I want to know. So I didn't, don't say it again, you know, because I probably didn't mean it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and musicians are hugely passionate people. So we get, you know, we get excited about things sometimes and, and overly into something, you know, that you never know. Um, so I think that, you know, but with a club and a casino or a corporate event, um, you know, also, you know, we do, you know, I do creative things like um, one of our biggest revenues is fireman's dances. And that was something that, that when I saw it, I was like, man, there's like every city has one of these. And it's kind of a tradition that they do a dance. Um, so one of the things I did years ago is I, I rented some fire trucks from the seventies and I had them pull into a parking lot. We did a massive photo shoot with fire trucks. And then I got the list of the five state area of every fire department. And I sent them postcards every year and it costs about 800, 900 bucks every time I did it. But I can't tell you how many, even now, and I haven't done one of the mailings for five years, I get somebody that hits us up and they're like, you used to send us these postcards and we just keep watching you. You know, and last weekend we did two firemen's asses, one, one on the border of, of Montana and North Dakota and one in Southern Minnesota. Um, you know, so it's, uh, it's being creative, you know, there's, there's a lot of revenue out there to be had in non-traditional ways. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. I love the entrepreneurial spirit of renting oh. fire trucks and faking a fireman's dance just to get the promo material. <laughs> well, now, you know, one of the things I do is, I set schedule a photo shoot um, for 40 minutes before the band plays. And I tell them to bring the trucks out. And if they want to bring coats and hats and let us wear that stuff. And they just love it, you know, and it's just like, and it's connecting with people. And, and like, it kind of circles back to what I said with music. Like we're performers We're we're, we're aiming to connect, you know, and that's, and, and if you connect with somebody, it's so beautiful and, and they show up and, and I mean, you know, our band's been around 16 years and even this last, this last week we were playing a tent party on a Wednesday and I had some people come up that were worked at clubs maybe 12, 13 years ago. I came up right away and talked and I was just, it's so cool to have that to just constantly run into people that you've made an impact with, you know, mm -hmm. and, and have that kinship with, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It really is about connecting with people and there's, you know, we're all in this same boat here. There's just so much, in the administrative work that gets in the way of that yeah. sometimes. Um, I know that you are a book live pro user. What are some of the systems that you use? You can even mention how you use book live pro to 
eliminate some of that work to, to be able to connect with more people? Yeah. Um, for us, it's all about, you know, with me being as, as fast as we're trying to grow. Um, and I mean, right now, I'm sure you guys are seeing it too. If I had nine bands I could send out, I could get the gigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could say, yes, it's, it's finding that balance of how do you keep it organized enough so that your players are happy with what you're doing and how do you make sure that nothing gets lost through the cracks? Um, so for us, um, the book live part, I would say the biggest, the biggest thing for me is that it gives another, it gives another way for me to balance everything. Um, so I have the book live all set up, but I also have, you know, Excel spreadsheets and I have a payroll document and I have a PL and I'm able to cross reference everything to make sure everything's in the same place. I have a gig details thing that I've actually put out in drive as well. Um, and what it's done for me the most is allowed me to automate bugging people to say yes to the gig or no. And one of the things that, that, you know, we've been using it for about, about six months. And the hardest thing that I'm having with it, with my players is they are having a hard, hard time with the concept of it's okay to say no. Mm. Okay. To decline. And I would rather have you decline quickly so that I can move on to the next person. Right. And sit on it, you know? And it's like, and, and it's like, if you're getting anxiety because of the reminders, it's because you didn't answer the question. <laughs> yeah. You know, like just say no, you know? <laughs> um, so that's the, it's eliminated with 30 people it's eliminated me having to call people multiple times and be like, mm-hmm. Hey man, you're not answering my emails. Like what's up, you know? Um, but you know, I have had a few people that they get the anxiety and then I have to take them out to lunch and be like, Hey, you're not letting me down. Just say no. Like, you know, I know. Move on. Um, but I, I think that it's all about, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, having, you know, we had for the first time we had some people start messaging within the system and, that was really cool to see too. And then as, you know, kind of the guy that oversees everything, it was really cool to have it to where I could see the messages that were going on, you know, where they were just talking about a set list or something like that. Um, so I think it's having a portal, you know, having a place for people to contact um, that's not just their email. Cause I mm-hmm. think a lot of what I find with a lot of these players is, Oh, I get so much spam in my email. I didn't see it. Well, give me a new email. Yeah, (laughs) you know like get a new email you know or unsubscribe to all your spam like you know take so i i think that it's you know um kind of one of those things so for sure that's awesome so uh, from you i'm seeing like so many different sides to james that i never knew about and i like you more and more the more i talk to you i'm hearing like you're very nurturing with your bandmates which is awesome you're very systems minded because you you have a process for things you, yep. rec- you recognize opportunities that most people might not notice, even if they're right in front of their face. Yeah. What would you say are some of the most important traits that a person must possess to be a successful band leader? Um, I think you, you know, one of the, mo- the, the most important things has been to learn how to read people mm-hmm. and, and learn how to, how can I encourage how can I make people better? You know, how can I criticize when criticism needs to be, be done? Um, how can I deal with, with drama, you know, because they're all 
hugely passionate musicians and I can't tell you all the late phone calls I get with stuff that's a non-issue. And I think it's, you know, and then making sure that you're on the same page as everybody. Um, You know, one of the things that, that I had a really hard time before we expanded to the multiple units was, um, you know, for the first, the band's been around for 16 years. So the first six years I had one female singer and doing, you know, doing the, uh, multiple shows with them, you know, after three years, they'd be spent like their voice just would blow out. Mm -hmm. Um, so then after that, I was like, after the second one went into the ENT and had massive problems with their, with their vocal cords, I was like, I can't knowingly do this to somebody else. Like I've done it twice. Like this, you know, put singing 40 songs a night, five nights a week. Cause at that time, you know, we were doing a lot of casino runs where it would be a full week. Um, it's just not healthy. Um, so then we, we decided, okay, well, I need to add two girls cause then we can split the load. It'll at least be healthier. Um, but then I didn't have any idea that girls don't play nice. <laughs> like They don't like each other. Like, and then they will be, you don't know about it till it's too late. You know, so I think that it's, you know, being aware of everything and taking, you know, one of the things I do now is, is twice a year, I take everybody out for lunch and and I just, you know, tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I'm doing wrong. Tell me what I can do. That'll make this better for you. Um, Because it's, you know, the players that, that have been with me and I've had a number of them that have been with me for 10 years. It was a total different thing when I decided to expand and make it a collective and start circulating players to where right now we have 38 players. They, it's not special units. It, they're all intermixed. Like they all, and they all have to rehearse. Like they have to come to two rehearsals a month and we all play, you know, so, um, so it was one of those things with those band members that it was like, I'm used to the brotherhood of our band. Now we've got, like, I don't feel connected with everybody. Mm. (laughs) Um, so it's been kind of, I think, so as, as a band leader, you gotta be open to that. Um, I also tell everybody as a band leader there, you need to be the band leader that is not the stage band leader. That's the, that's the business band leader and the friend band leader. But then when I tell everybody, when, when I hit the stage, you, there's no, we're not asking anything. It's my job to make that show good. And, and I don't care about what your opinion is for that four hours. I do afterwards. And if I did something wrong or I did something that, that made you feel a certain way. I want to know about it. But at the end of the day, like it's my stage. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, that that's been a hard thing for me to teach to other band leaders because I can't be at every show now. And, and I have to have people that are strong band leaders. And I've had a few that, you know, they wanted more of the collective, like, Hey, should we do this or do that? Well, you look unprofessional when that happens. Mm -hmm. If you want to audibly call a song because you don't think the dance floor is going to be packed. You don't ask your band members if it's okay. You just do it. (laughs) And uh, so I think there's, you know, wearing the multiple hats of what is a band leader and and it's not for everybody and knowing when, you know, there's some, some people that, Hey, they're a great band leader on stage and to be the stage director. But when it comes to the organization or the business, they're not good at it. And, and for me, it was also when it expanded, you know, forming the team to delegate stuff to. Like I can't, I can't deal with 300 shows a year and sending out everything and doing everything else that goes along with it, you know, and managing our warehouse and, and our production company, you know, cause we've expanded into owning part of a production company as well. All right. So that was part two of three of our interview. Make sure to stay tuned for part three, where we get the dramatic conclusion and hear where shirts and skins band is going. 
Plus, I think one of the most interesting questions is I ask, if he lost everything and he had to start from scratch, how would he get his first gig in 30 days or less? You do not want to miss that episode. If you've got any value out of this, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, shoot me a message, and we hope to see you on the next Gigging Musician podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Gigging Musician podcast. If you like this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and tag me and post on Instagram, letting me know what you liked about this episode and let me know what you would like to hear in future episodes that will help me serve you better. Also, I would love to invite you to my upcoming five-day full-time music challenge. Just give me five short days and I will show you a step-by-step plan to make real consistent income with your music. It's totally free and you can register on fulltimemusicchallenge.com. That's fulltime, one word, no dash in between, fulltimemusicchallenge.com. Thanks again and I hope to see you in my next challenge.